crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people try to cross the border. Politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've got a big free. broadcast of tapping to the truth hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing with all the usual caveats of course with you as always i'm your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host tim tap coming to you from historic rome county tennessee and glad to have you along for the ride thank you so very much for being here I appreciate it especially given that it is memorial day weekend now for those of you who tuned into the Friday Night Live show or have caught it on the podcast by now. Uh, I spent a lot of time telling you how to thoroughly enjoy this weekend, which is not something you need me to do, but I still gave that little reminder to make sure that you do enjoy it. You know, go do those things that have become traditional things, uh, the cookouts, the, the time with family, the time really the unofficial kickoff of summer kind of activities. Do those things because those are the freedoms and liberties that were bought and paid for by those who we honor on Memorial Day, by those who we hold in remembrance. And we must continue to do those things or else they fought and died for nothing. But that does mean that we must, we must put aside at least some of that time that we're taking, that we're enjoying, that we are using to ex exercise those freedoms and liberties, <clears throat> that we spend a little bit of that time 
indeed impact honoring those who paid that price. You know, another great thing that we could do is to try and live together as Americans, to put aside petty differences and to really get into the game as far as fighting for freedom and liberty and continuing to save the republic, but remembering that most of our fellow Americans share more in common than what we have different. But one of the things we really have to do is make sure that we can put an end to things like what we have seen in the shitty city of Chicago. That's that's where we're at right now. Chicago has suffered yet another bloody Memorial Day weekend with at least 51 people shot so far, and that number is still likely to go up as we have not yet made it through the weekend entirely as we have Monday. At least 51 people shot, including 12 who were shot fatally. The widespread violence that many people refer to as gun violence because guns were used, but this is people violence. The gun didn't commit the violence. The people holding the gun did. But this widespread violence occurred despite dozens of peacekeepers, uh, in quotation marks, patrolling the Windy City in an attempt to decrease the bloodshed. Makes you wonder how bad things might have gotten without said peacekeeper patrols. WFLD reported that by Sunday night, 12 people had been shot and killed during Memorial Day weekend. That was early Sunday night. It is shameful what we see happening here. It is not acceptable. Twelve people shot and killed. A website that's dedicated to gun violence statistics in Chicago uh, called HeyJackass.com, uh, pretty interesting title, uh, hey, let's, let's call our, our, our website this. But that is the title. They reported that there were 10 people shot and killed in Chicago on Saturday alone. The site noted that in the more than 10 years of covering gun violence in Chicago, there were only three other days that tallied 10 or more homicides. We're talking June 27th of 2020, 10 killed. And then we're talking July 4th, 2020, 11 killed. We're talking May 31st, 2020, 18 killed. Those are the only days that were higher than Saturday going into this weekend. There were at least 39 people wounded in shootings around the city, according to the Chicago Sun-Times. Of the wounded on Memorial Day weekend violence, a two-year-old girl, was reportedly shot, supposedly shot herself, with a gun that she found. So that's going to be counted and included. But when we talk about what's going on in Chicago, we're talking about the violence that's typically perpetrated one against another. But we know the gun control advocates are going to come out. They want us to use the phrase gun violence. They want us to count that little girl's tragedy as being among the many problems that exist. And you know what? Given the fact that not a lot of details have really been uh, played nationally, it would make one question 
how exactly did this two-year-old girl come across this gun to shoot herself in the first place? If we accept the premise that she indeed did shoot herself. And that's just not something we can take at face value, considering who's doing the reporting and the fact that we know they have an agenda at gun control that they're trying to push. Now, this is a tragedy no matter how you cut it. And I don't want you to take away uh, any of the impact from the tragedy. We need to understand people are being hurt, but the people that are being hurt, it's not being hurt as a result of lax gun control. Chicago has some of the strongest gun laws in the country. And as I continue to point out, and as Democrats now flat out lie and deny where you have higher per capita gun ownership that is legal, you have less violent crimes, and fewer gun accidents, I will point out. That is also a statistical actuality, because people that are legal gun owners tend to take that responsibility of legal gun ownership far more seriously. They take the steps to make sure that their guns aren't just laying around. Around 6.15 p.m. on Sunday, a toddler found a gun in the Chicago neighborhood of Rogers Park. The baby accidentally shot herself, according to the police. WLS reported, quote, Police said the two-year-old girl found a handgun and accidentally discharged it, shooting herself in the hand. She was transported to St. Francis Hospital in good condition. But that's not the way the story is going to be told on the national stage. That's not the way the story is going to be impacted nationally when it comes to how democratic politicians are going to try and take advantage of this. After all, we can't ever let a crisis go to waste, right? And you get an emotional response with this because a child died. In fact, a lot of the reporting that I've seen on this particular story, not that there's been a whole lot at the national level yet, wait till the the news cycle starts up again after the holiday weekend because the politicians can then make the most out of it. But the way a lot of the reporting has been done, you would think the child had died. Shot herself in the hands. Bad enough. She found a gun in the first place. Bad enough. These firearms are supposed to be taken care of, meaning kept up, put away. But the question still remains, was this a legally owned firearm? Was this a person with a drug issue, why they left the gun just laying around? Was uh, was there gang violence involved with what's going on in so much as, you know, you're showing off your guns and you're not being responsible with your firearm as most non-legal gun holders tend to be? At 9.15 p.m., Saturday, 14-year-old girl was reportedly standing on the sidewalk with a group of people in the neighborhood of Inglewood when shots were fired. The girl was grazed in the right arm by a bullet, but she allegedly refused treatment. My guess is you refused treatment on that case because you probably knew who was firing the gun. And if you knew who was firing a gun, you might be coerced into talking by the police. Don't want to be a snitch, you know. 
In Chicago, we can't take the steps to stop the violence as far as uh, gun violence, going back and forth shooting at each other. Notice, still going to use their terminology because they can't use the terminology gang violence. You're just standing on the corner. One person was reportedly shot and killed on Saturday, less than two blocks away from the west side home of newly elected Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson, who seems to think that, oh, we don't need more police, we need social workers. We don't need to worry about young residents of Chicago being involved in gang activity because they've been robbed of so many opportunities. Don't demonize these kids. Well, let's not demonize them, but let's treat them the way they should be treated when they decide to treat life like it is worthless. You want to reach them before they get to that point? Do it. By the time they start popping a cap in people, it might already be a little too late to use the social workers to solve the problem, Mayor Johnson. Now, a few days earlier, the progressive Democratic mayor unveiled his plan to cut down on violence in Chicago. Obviously, hasn't had time to implement it, so they're going to play that off as being nothing to do with what's going on here. But he said, quote, My administration's top priority is making sure there is a comprehensive whole-of-government strategy across the city and that this making people safe. And this is making people safe? Now, he said this in a news conference on Thursday, in anticipation of Memorial Day weekend violence. Now, Governor J.B. Uh, Prinsner announced this past Tuesday that there would be 30, quote, peacekeepers to try to stop crime. The governor stepped up and said, hey, we know it's summer again, and we know what happens in Chicago, so we're going to take steps. But what did the mayor do? Did the mayor think there would be no uptick in violence? Did the mayor not know the city in which he's been living in now for a while? Did he think that magically, because he has suddenly been elected mayor, that he was going to be able to go further progressive than Lori Lightfoot did, and that somehow magically that would just create utopia with no effort? Because the problem is a lot of these morons who are now getting elected that are uber-progressive, they believe that. They no longer are just people that know their policies are questionable at best. They're no longer people with good intentions thinking that somehow it could work. These are just idiots that have been told and told and told, despite the lack of any empirical evidence that it will ever work, despite the fact that all data suggests it's the opposite of what you need to do in order to get a handle on the problem. They just believe that suddenly, by virtue of them being selected as the new leader, that utopia has been created. They no longer have to do anything but spout out a, a few nice, pretty-sounding words. Well... Mayor Johnson, you're getting a pretty good indicator of what happens. And 30 peacekeepers in a city like Chicago, and I still want to know more about this peacekeeper thing, but it was all an effort to stop crime. The initiative called the Citywide Crisis Prevention and Response Unit will send peacekeepers into Chicago streets to, quote, provide essential assistance in the escalation 
conflict resolution, and crisis support across Chicago. Within hours, within hours of opening beaches in Chicago, the city was forced to shut down the popular North Avenue beach after gunshots erupted, two groups of teens confronted each other. Two groups of teens confronted each other, and it led to the shutting down of the beaches just hours after they had been opened. Chicago is in need of common sense reform. Chicago is in need of actual opportunities being brought back to the city so that these poor kids no longer have to feel like they live in a hopeless existence. This is what needs to happen to fix what's wrong in Chicago. But that's not what's going to happen. So as we sit here and we enjoy our day of remembrance, as we acknowledge, as we celebrate those who have paid the ultimate price in blood and sacrifice so that we can be free, we need to remember and we need to work forward to what it takes to truly enjoy the blessings of liberty. And a big part of that is making sure that our great American cities, or at least the formerly great ones, can be great again. They should not look like the remnants of World War II cities after being targeted by nuclear bombs. They should not feel like downtown Afghanistan cities when you're trying to walk through when you're not in alignment with the Taliban. It should not be a case of cities being more dangerous to live in than it would be to travel through hostile parts of the world as an American citizen. It just shouldn't be that way. Democratic policies can't make it any better because democratic policies are the policies that have made it this bad. And until the citizens living in those cities come to terms with that, realize what it is, and start voting accordingly, things are only going to get worse there. So on this Memorial Day, I want you to take that time to honor those that we're supposed to be honoring. But we also need to start forming our battle plans for taking back this country to being a safe place for our children to grow up in, for our grandchildren to grow up in, a safe place to walk through a city street. Well, walk beside the street, technically. You really shouldn't be walking through the street, but you know what I mean. All right, uh, let's talk a little bit about one of today's sponsors before we uh, slide into the next topic. Uh, that sponsor, of course, is going to be forpatriots.com. Now, we all know that civil unrest is very much a possibility, especially when you see things like what happens in Chicago, like we were just talking about. But civil unrest isn't the only thing that can cause you to need to be prepared to be self-sufficient for an extended period of time. We have natural disasters. We have uh, severe storms. We have a failing power grid, so internal and external attacks on the power grid certainly could lead to it. And 
in some of these cases, let's take a natural disaster, for example. Let's look at a hurricane. You can find yourself without electricity for weeks. You can find yourself with the inability to go locate potable water or safe food to eat if you don't already have a stockpile. Now, both the stockpile of food for emergency survival and the electricity are things that our friends over at 4 can help you with. And I recommend as we head into summer, as we are now on Memorial Day and we are in the unofficial start of summer, uh, the official start, of course, coming in about a month, a little less than, we know that storms, thunderstorms in particular, tend to intensify. Uh, the warmer weather, the volatility of the atmosphere. So you get stronger thunderstorms. You also have a higher risk then of tornadoes. And if you live in areas that are prone to them, hurricanes can be on their way. So you need to be prepared. 4Patriot.com has a tremendous line of survival food kits. They're easy to stockpile. They're stackable, and they taste great. They've got hundreds, if not thousands, of reviews that just rave about the taste. It's a great product. Plus, they also have available backup electricity uh, solutions, ranging from the Patriot Power Sidekick, which is basically just a storage battery for when you need to use it, to actual uh, generators that will allow you to utilize the power of the sun to keep electricity on and to keep your important medical devices and emergency radios and uh, your cell phones charged if you need be. Keep things operating that does it quietly. There's no fumes, so you don't have to worry about carbon monoxide poisoning. They have a lot of great other items as well, like water filtration. Whatever it is that you feel like you need to get, you can get at 4Patriots.com. And the best part right now, if you go to 4Patriots.com, you can get anything in the store 10% off utilizing the promo code TAPP, T-A-P-P, at checkout. So one more time, that's the number 4Patriots.com. Use code TAPP, T-A-P-P, at checkout to get 10% off your entire order, whatever you may get. Now, back to the show. Now, every so often, you can't help but scratch your head at something that a Democrat will say or do. And now, even if you happen to be a Democrat, at least if you take a few seconds to stop and think about it. Latest example of this, well, as you know, Democrats as a whole, uh, Biden kind of started this off, but it's become a talking point. And now every member of the Senate and most of the members of the House that have a D at the end of their name, they attempt to smear absolutely anybody who goes against their agenda as being a MAGA extremist. Uh, the idea somehow that being for the idea of making America great and returning her to former glory where she's a nation that can be envied by the rest of the world is somehow a bad thing. But they throw in the term extremist as in, we're so busy wanting to make America back into the idea that we once thought that it was, romanticizing it and ignoring the realities, that we can't see how we're hurting our fellow Americans which is, of course, a thing that Democrats like to do all the time. But the MAGA extremism thing is still relatively new, throwing that out there, because they then want you to be associated in the minds of the people that hate Donald Trump as being kind of like Donald Trump. 
which is also not a very winning strategy on their part, but it doesn't stop them anyway. They will even do this when it comes to individuals that are pretty far to the left if they happen to stand opposed to the agenda. And a really good example of this just recently happened when we talk about the more left-leaning members of the United States Supreme Court. Yeah. Just as an example, this past week, the Supreme Court released a unanimous 9-0 to zero decision against the Environmental Protection Agency and the Biden administration, thereby drastically cutting back the federal government's overreach. They actually took a look at it and said, you know what, constitutionally speaking, no, guys, you you never had the authority to do this. You shouldn't. You can't. We're not going to let you. So what did Senate Majority Leader Chucky Boy Schumer do? Well, he threw them all under the bus with a warning to Americans. Oh, dire, dire, scare, scare. Saying, quote, this MAGA Supreme Court is continuing to erode our country's environmental laws. Make no mistake, this ruling will mean more polluted water, more destruction of wetlands. We'll keep fighting to protect our waters. Now, this has a lot to do with the fact that the Supreme Court determined that uh, the EPA has no control over underground water. Uh, they've been trying to do this ridiculous thing for a while, saying that any type of creek or stream is a protected waterway, a uh, legal authority they only had for waterways that were transversible. You could rent a boat on it, and that, in fact, commerce was conducted on it and through it. Uh, but the lefties have had their way so long in this issue that they've kind of ignored the fact that that's what traversable waterways means. So, Chucky Schumer says this is a MAGA Supreme Court. Now, anybody who actually has been paying attention to the makeup of the Supreme Court and to the history and voting records of the current slate of justices knows that there are maybe two currently setting Supreme Court justices that would wholeheartedly and full-throatedly support a mega agenda. The mega agenda is something that they would be for and would not be afraid to say so. The rest, not so much. I mean, we've got some squishy judges that are kind of more towards the middle, and we have one or two judges that are well, the Constitution says this, but if we can find any excuse not to do that, you know, so people will think that we're still important and, and a bigger deal, you know, uh, fighting for what they view as legitimacy in the minds of leftists, not in the minds of Americans, because Americans are not questioning the, questioning the legitimacy of the Supreme Court by virtue of saying, okay, well, this was your ruling in this will question the individual ruling, but not questioning the legitimacy and therefore the legacy of the court. Looking at you, Chief Justice Roberts. Yeah. Chuck also said that this MAGA Supreme Court did this, ignoring the fact that it was a 9-0 decision. 
That means Sonia Sotomayor, Elena Kagan, Kentanji Brown Jackson. These judges, these currently sitting justices of the Supreme Court, are also now MAGA? Really, Chucky? Is that a message that you think is going to resonate? Do you think that's going to help? Well, you see, what Chucky is really counting on is the fact that most people aren't going to know that this was a 9-0 decision. They're going to believe, because Chucky said this, that it was only those conservative justices on the court, the same ones that struck down Roe v. Wade. They're, those are the ones that struck this down, despite the best efforts of the leftist judges trying to protect everyone from polluted water, which is not what the case was about in the first place, but anything that challenges the EPA... Uh, then, by extension, challenges governmental overreach across the board. They want unfettered federal government power. This is a goal of Chucky's and most of the Democrats, and unfortunately way too many of the Republicans, too. This is not just a strictly a Democratic problem. I don't want to sound like I'm saying that. Far from the truth. Anyway, uh, Dan McLellan uh, over at National Review summed up how ludicrous Schumer's claim was by saying, quote, Unanimous Supreme Court decision written by George W. Bush appointee. Outcome joined by George H. W. Bush appointee. George W. Bush appointee. Two Obama appointees. And a Biden appointee. The three Dems joined a concurring opinion written by a Trump appointee. Chuck Schumer, that's so MAGA. Yeah, I mean, it it does show the ridiculousness, right? I'm really, I'm left puzzled at how Chuck Schumer thought this would play. We're talking about four of the justices, the three liberals and Justice Brett Kavanaugh, disagreed over the limits the EPA is afforded by Congress. But all nine justices rejected the standard proposed by the EPA. The 5-4 split was over less expansive readings of the statute. Okay, so there was some discussion, and uh, you got Chuck trying to pretend like that's the real crux to the issue. But the argument, the only split that happened in this discussion was exactly how much authority the EPA should have. For his part, Kavanaugh wrote, quote, by narrowing the act's coverage of wetlands to only adjoined wetlands, the court's new test will leave some long-regulated adjacent wetlands no longer covered by the Clean Water Act, with significant repercussions for water quality and flood control throughout the United States. So Kavanaugh was still thinking that waterways, uh, streams, creeks, whatever that flew into, that fed the wetlands in question, uh, did need to still meet certain standards in order to protect the protected part of the wetlands. That seems like a logical argument and something that's worthy of discussion, but it should not trump the idea of private property rights. And that's where Kavanaugh has 
went slightly askew. He's using logic and reason, but he's kind of coming down on the side of the lefties. He's ignoring the fact that if you have a creek on your property and it just happens to feed into a wetland, that doesn't suddenly obligate you to any special restrictions that other landholders happen to have, nor should it. And if you're going to impose penalties for such things, uh, instead of imposing penalties, you should, in fact, offer taxpayer dollars in order to try and, you know, help protect it, not take rights away from the property owners, but help the property owners to better afford whatever it is you want them to do. I mean, if you're going to make that argument, that should be the requirement. Personally, I'm not going to make that argument either way because I think property owners have the right to do pretty much what they want to within reason. I mean, there are certain things you shouldn't be doing on your property uh, just because you do still have to keep in mind your neighbors. And that's kind of where this argument falls for Kavanaugh. But again, how far does he take it? His problem was that there didn't seem to be enough of a distinction. Okay, so it's not like he's being all uber lefty with this. Just not enough of a distinction. Now, you should keep in mind that Kavanaugh is one of the justices who Schumer threatened back in 2020, by the way. If you do this, I tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, if you have re oh, sorry, not if you have, but you have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. You remember that? He was, of course, being all upset that potentially Roe v. Wade would be overturned, and he literally was threatening Supreme Court justices from the bully pulpit. Well, not the real full bully pulpit that the president holds, but he was literally standing in front of a large number of people with microphones, and he might as well have had a bullhorn. Oh, I tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, I mean, you remember this in his thrill, one of the most forceful speeches, one of the most passionate speeches that I've heard Chucky e. Schumer give in a very long time. And he used it to threaten setting Supreme Court justices. Very threatening, I might add. And uh, I really thought that there should have been more, uh, as far as repercussions were concerned, for Chucky boy. But, uh, yeah. Schumer, of course, has a long history of revving up his base with fear-mongering and demagoguery. This is exactly his goal in labeling the high court a MAGA Supreme Court. He and other Democrats want the American people to believe that this is somehow illegitimate and dangerous. You know, because that's their stick. They want you worrying that the other guys are dangerous, so you don't realize how dangerous they are. We're not dangerous. We're fighting for you, the little guy. Never mind anything we ever actually do only seems to hurt you more. That's just those mean old Republicans getting in the way again. So despite his qualms about former President Donald John Trump, the orange man who was bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate arsonist, despite his qualms, supposedly how Trump was undermining the norms of democracy, well, he doesn't hesitate to, to sow distrust and 
any institution that stands in his party's way for power, does he? doesn't hesitate at all. Let's delegitimize them. Let's call them dangerous. Let's threaten them again or warn them in threatening fashion. Because after all, they've unleashed the whirlwind, haven't they? Schumer is supposed to be one of the Democratic Party's top leaders. There is no appeasing the left. They will always paint you in the worst possible light, you know, so that they can gain more power. That is their intention. But keep in mind, when you hear somebody like Chuck Schumer call the Supreme Court on a 9-0 decision, the MAGA Supreme Court, well, his intention is clear. And it's clearly to delegitimize the government, to try to turn it into uniparty rule, and for him to be important, and for us lowly peasants to just shut up and do what he says. All right, before we take the mid-hour break, I want to remind you one quick time about our friends over at Gold Co. In a time when financial collapse seems to be imminent because of ridiculous fiscal financial policies of the Biden administration and that Democrats like good old Chucky Schumer are pushing forward, you need to be more careful than ever. We're watching banks collapse with more uh, on teetering on the precipice of collapse themselves. We're watching the White House run to the rescue of the executives that are taking fat bonuses. Meanwhile, average everyday Americans are having a hard time just paying their bills, keeping their lights turned on, certainly can't afford to keep uh, their gas tanks filled. And who's paying for the bailouts that uh, the Biden administration is uh, offering up to those wealthiest of Americans in places like Silicon Valley Bank? Those wealthiest of Americans and those individuals with direct ties to the Chinese Communist Party? Who's paying their bailout? Yeah, we are, guys. That's you. That's me. That's every taxpaying American citizen, uh, period. The good news, though, is that when it comes to the financial crisis game, you don't necessarily have to play their game anymore. You can opt out of the system by moving a significant part of your cash into gold and silver. And you should probably do it sooner rather than later, because later could be too late. Now, I'm not asking you to go do anything right now other than give our friends at Gold Co. a call. You can give them that phone call at 855-387-2932. And by making that call, you can learn the three simple steps that you can take right now to protect your savings with gold and silver and other precious metals, I might add. You can take action right now to protect yourself and your family from financial collapse, you know, before the White House institutes that one last policy that leaves us completely broke. One more time, give that call to 855-387-2932, and you can learn how to get up to $10,000 in bonus silver while supplies last. Uh, give our friends at Gold Co. a call just to find out what they can do to help you. That's all I'm asking you to do right now. After you hear their, uh, their pitch, the things they can do to help you protect your wealth moving into retirement, 
or even just to protect your wealth well before retirement. Once you've done that, uh, the rest is up to you. But just give them a call and find out how they can help and decide for yourself if they can help. That uh, number one last time is 855-387-2932. Give our friends at Gold Co. a call right now. You won't be sorry, unless, of course, you don't give them that call. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Department of Homeland Security continues to reward illegal border crossers instantly with $332.5 million. Yup, your taxes at work. While the Biden administration punishes we the people. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. The Biden administration is on a never-ending mission to allegedly destroy our ability to properly raise our own children, worship Yahweh, live in peace and tranquility. Eat healthy food, utilize gas stoves, protect ourselves from thugs, etc., etc. Homeland Security has rewarded ungrateful illegal border crossers with $332.5 million tax dollars for temporary shelter while they await being dropped off throughout the USA in large cities, suburbs, little towns, and hamlets. Even the beaches of Waikiki and along the beautiful Pacific Coast Highway in sunny California. This latest move by the government is part of a long list of actions the current regime has taken to destroy our unique, exceptional nation way of life. They seek to make life so miserable that we will one day beg big government to take full control of society and make us safe. But if you're one willing to give up your liberty for so-called security, you deserve neither. I'm Ron Edwards. Let's meet on the next page from the Edwards Notebook. See ya! These stocks designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. The challenge we all have is that as you work and you grow in your career, you have to put something aside for yourself when you retire around 65 years old. And the idea of Beanstalks is to simplify that whole process. In other words, Put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstalk does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly to your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key. The idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bi-monthly, but the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do.
constitutional grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, constitutional grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds Coffee Display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Introducing Einstock. Drink. Conquer. Repeat. Skull. Einstock beer is a globally distributed, award-winning Icelandic craft beer. Einstock is created from the Icelandic water that flows from glaciers through lava fields and delivers some of the purest water on Earth. Knowing that beer is 95% water, we source the first and most vital ingredient from the local springs of a mountain that stands guard over the town of Akiari, just 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle. Einstock beer is crafted with locally sourced ingredients, and the brewery runs from the 100% renewable energy sources, geothermal and hydropower. Einstock has become the number one craft beer and also the number one alcohol export from Iceland. Here in the United States, you can find Einstock beer on the shelves at retail chains like ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, Bemmo, Cost Plus World Market, HEB in Texas, Kroger, Publix, Target, Total Wine, Trader Joe's, and Whole Foods, just to name a few. So won't you raise a glass and drink Conquer. Repeat. Skull. Hi, I'm George Sinzer of Firefox News Online Productions, and you're listening to Tim Tap on Tap Into the Truth. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA All right, indeed, let us us pray for blessings from God on high. Uh, The United States of America has been deeply blessed, and unfortunately far too many of us do not take it as seriously as we should. Uh, suddenly, we are taught that, you know, things like citizenship is more of a burden than a, a blessing. We're uh, made to feel like being an American is somehow a joke. Well, I got to tell you, that it, it irritates me to no end. And Memorial Day is just one of those days where it really reminds me exactly how precious and how fleeting the gift of liberty and freedom really is and how people must be willing to stand up and fight for it, not just 
verbally, not just being a keyboard warrior, not just getting behind a microphone, but you have to be prepared when it becomes necessary to put on the uniform, stand a post, and sacrifice everything so that you can secure those blessings for the next generation. We overlook it far too much, and on Memorial Day, we need to remember those who died and gave that right to us. Uh, the words of Lee Greenwood there echoing once more. Uh, absolutely, absolutely worthwhile. Now, of course, the biggest news over the last couple of days is the fact that uh, we have a tentative agreement in principle to avoid default on our credit. Now, there's still a lot of moving pieces here, and a tentative agreement is a long way off from a finalized deal. Obviously, a lot of talk has been going on, and there's been a lot of posturing by the more progressive members of the Democratic side of the aisle and a lot of the more conservative members of the Republican side of the aisle. In fact, a lot of top conservatives have slammed the so-called bipartisan agreement that uh, Biden and McCarthy reached over the weekend, uh, saying that uh, they're expected to try and prevent the, the U.S. from defaulting, but this deal, it doesn't have a lot of positive to it. Now, this is the claim. Now, I've been kind of going through it, and I think that getting any concessions from the Democrats, even if it ends up being closer to akin to spending for fiscal 2023 than fiscal 2022, which is the claim that McCarthy's making, that uh, that's still a major victory on the part of anybody looking to try and curb the spending. It's a major victory there. I, I will have to concede that because I'm still fully convinced that there is a number of Democrats, even if Biden himself may not be among them, although I was pretty sure that at least whoever was pulling his strings are behind it. They wanted the default, and I think they still might want the default. Now, it's important to paint a accurate picture here, though, because what happens if there is a uh, quote unquote default? Well, then the executive branch has to prioritize payments. So it's akin to a government shutdown. There are certain things that still are mandatory spending, things that they are required by law to spend their money on, uh, paying our military and paying Social Security benefits and things like that are still on the table. And there is absolutely no reason why those should even be delayed, but they'll make excuses for it if it should happen. And the idea here is to keep in mind and to make sure that everyone you know knows that if there's even so much as a delay in those things, it's not because of the debt ceiling. It's because the Democrats in charge at the moment chose to do those things, and they chose to do them in defiance of federal law. They chose to do it in defiance of the laws they claim to be trying to uphold, to enforce, because they want to inflict harm because they want to make it look like the Republicans are the bad guys. So I'm still convinced that there's at least a number of folks that definitely want the default. And some of them may even have an R at the end of their name, but for different reasons. Here's 
the other thing to keep in mind as well. If there is such a uh, revisiting of the 14th Amendment, the way Biden said in his little press conference immediately after announcing that they had reached a tentative agreement, an agreement in principle, while they're feverishly looking at writing the legislation so that they then can try to pass in both the House and the Senate. Something that neither side may have enough votes to, ha to make happen right now. They're in a rush against time. Because it's funny how Janet Yellen was telling us default was imminent as early as June 2nd. And now, now that there's a deal on the table, but they're thinking it will take at least until the 4th to pass this legislation, if they're able to ram it through, that the default has magically postponed itself for a few days and now could be as early as June 5th. So yeah, it's funny how the math is working there, Janet. Almost as if you have an agenda that you're trying to push and that the truth of the matter is that the default was never on the table. Because here's the other little thing. They're, they're wanting to talk about the 14th Amendment now. Uh, Biden made that statement. The 14th Amendment does not give any branch of government the right to automatically lift the debt ceiling. It doesn't. It just simply says that all debt is actually debt and that they have a legal obligation to pay the debt. It doesn't say that suddenly you can decide to pay the debt by choosing to raise your own further debt, which is what the debt ceiling is designed to stop. It said, hey, let's stop borrowing money to pay our obligations, and at some point actually balance the budget, or at least get something closer or more akin to a balanced budget. Let's, I don't know, maybe stop spending uh, so crazily on things that aren't even in the purview of the federal government to begin with. How about that? There are ways to meet the financial obligations, but they will involve stopping spending on projects that are pet projects for both Democrats and Republicans, but are things that the federal government shouldn't be doing anyway. They can meet their obligations and they can service the debt without having to raise the debt limit. It's not necessary. It's not going to lead to default. All they're actually saying is that in doing so, they would have to stop the spending that they want to do. They want to keep spending like crazy because this is how they're buying votes. It's how they're manipulating the American public into believing that somehow these people actually honestly care about them. So while the details of the agreement are still being ironed out, and make no mistake that even now at this late hour, this of course being Memorial Day, these details are still being ironed out. The congressional leaders still have to convince the members to vote for it. And some of the top Republicans in D.C. not very happy with the agreement, and we'll talk about them, but there's a lot of Democrats that aren't either, so I don't want you to get the wrong impression. I'm focusing on the Republicans who aren't happy because you need to know why they're not happy. You need to understand that they're not just trying to stand in the way. They don't want to default just for the purpose of defaulting. They're not just trying to stick a thumb in the eye of Joe Biden or a thumb in the eye of the American people. They have legitimate concerns. There are members of the GOP that are claiming Democrats got nothing from the deal. Now, that's absurd. 
absolutely absurd. They got uh, an uncapped debt ceiling with an expiration date uh, worth approximately $4 trillion. Uh, they basically got no cuts in spending, just a temporary freeze on the bloated 2023 spending levels. Uh, Chip Roy from Texas, really great guy. He's one of the House Freedom Caucus members. He tweeted out saying, quote, zero clawback of the $1.2 trillion Inflation Reduction Act, crony giveaways to elite leftists for grid-destroying unreliable energy. He said that uh, we also are looking at 98% of the IRS, IRS expansion left fully in place. Uh, no work requirements for Medicaid. And only age adjustment for a SNAP? Well, some of that's true. And some of that is a slight exaggeration. But the case in point, uh, Chip Roy is not wrong in what he's saying. But these are things that the Republicans did kind of give way in order to get the other accommodations. These other accommodations are uh, are important. And I don't think that putting work requirements for Medicaid was going to be a winning strategy because the Dems can spend that way too easily. The media is all too happy to spend it, uh, spin it so that it makes every Republican that supported it look like a horrible bad guy. There's claims that there are no rains. Uh, the No Rains Act, statutory requirement for Congress to approve huge regulations, just an administrative pay-go that the administration will get to enforce, yeah, that's kind of a big deal in so much as saying that Congress is giving up the power of the purse during this time frame in order to pass this budget. There was no movement towards border security. To be honest, though, when you're looking at somebody like myself who's a supporter of clean bills, uh, while this isn't exactly a clean bill, you want financial things to be financial. I don't know that this is the place for the border security argument. Now, you can feel differently about it, and I'm okay with that. It's how the sausage is made. I don't like how the sausage is made, so I'm going to make an argument that this should be something separate. But that doesn't mean that you're wrong in saying this is our best chance to get the Democrats to cry uncle. So I, I get both sides of the argument. I would just suggest maybe this isn't the place for that. A deal allowing them to avoid policy riders uh, in the fall uh, as well. It's tricky. Mike Lee responded by saying, with Republicans like these who needs Democrats, uh, basically just expressing general frustration that we got no fiscal movement and no reemergence of constitutionality. Senator Rand Paul echoed Lee's tweet saying, quote, Fake conservatives agree to fake spending cuts. A deal will increase mandatory spending by 5%, will increase military spending 3%, and maintain current non-military discretionary spending at post-COVID levels. No real cuts to see here. Conservatives have been sold out once again. Now, this is a legitimate concern. This is completely accurate. Senator Ted Cruz responded, uh, to the following quote from McCarthy, right now, the Democrats are very upset. The one thing Hakeem Jeffries told me, there is nothing in the bill for them. There is not one thing 
in the Dem in the bill for Democrats. And uh, the response was, he's right. There's not one thing for Dems. There's four trillion dollar things. A blank check for Democrats. Plus 87,000 things. New IRS agents to harass Americans. All in exchange for eliminating virtually all of the House's spending cuts. Now, Representative Ken Buck from Colorado, he also added on that this pretty much says it all. Democrats got everything they wanted with this bill and don't have to defend the reckless spending prior to 2024 elections. It's a win for them. Now, these are the things being expressed by the Republicans that stand opposed, that are possibly going to vote against this deal, that are possibly, if the numbers are high enough, especially with the progressive Democrats that aren't real keen on it either because they don't think they got enough, they're unhappy that they gave up anything, they may not be able to pass this in time to avoid the default. But if these Republicans stand firm and vote against this deal, based on this, they are, in fact, doing their fiduciary responsibility. They are, in fact, doing the work of the people because this government as a whole, whether it's a Democrat or a Republican that you're talking about, really needs to get back in the idea of understanding that the wealth of the American nation belongs to the American people, not to them to squander as they see fit. It is not a case of all the money belongs to them, and we should just shut up and be happy they let us keep any of it, which is exactly the notion that's being expressed by multiple Democrats when they've been trying to talk about, well, tax cuts is spending. Because if they reduce the amount of taxes that they're taking from each one of us, then they're spending money to let us keep our money. Do you understand what they're trying to say here? They need to get back to understanding the very idea that Congress controls the purse strings, so if Congress says no more debt increases, that doesn't mean you get to stop paying the debt or stop servicing the debt. It means you have to find another way to use the revenue that you have to cover your expenses. That means cutting unnecessary spending, cutting programs that are unconstitutional, whether you deem them to be necessary or not. And yes, that may cause some short-term pain for some Americans. I don't dispute that. It's going to really hurt some folks, and that's a shame. But the only reason it's going to hurt those people is because they've been allowed to become so dependent upon these programs in the first place, programs that should have never existed. That is the point. That is the key. We can reduce how much taxes the federal government needs to take in, how much revenue they need to have just by reducing the spending. If you just cut out how much aid you're sending to Ukraine alone, that would go a long way towards servicing the debt. And I, I just use that as an example because U.S. meeting its debt obligations is far more important, should be a far higher priority than any level of foreign aid, regardless of the motivation and regardless of how strongly you feel for or against that aid. It doesn't matter. Taking care of things here first is the first priority. America first is more than just putting our priorities here. It also is using our treasure to take care of our obligations first. 
that's the point. All right, we've blown a little bit past the hour reset, but we're still going to go ahead and reset the hour right here. Don't go anywhere. Uh, show continues right after this. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Hey, Joe. They say building back better make America great. If that's a wave of the future, all I've got to say. Stick your progress where the sun don't shine. Keep your big mess away from me and mine. If you leave us alone, well, we'd all be just All right, we're jumping right into the second hour right now. It's, we're technically already into it. And I'm uh, going to start off uh, with a little bit of word from one of our sponsors that I was supposed to mention back in the first hour, so I'll mention them twice this hour. And that is the fact that when it comes to being on the surest path to tyranny, the thing that you can do first and foremost is to give up your guns. The fastest way to become a victim of a crime, especially a violent crime, is to not have a firearm when you need one. And that's why I want to talk to you a little bit about a big mistake that a lot of gun owners, myself included, have made in the past. We make the mistake of getting a holster that is so uncomfortable that we stop using it. Therefore, when it comes time to defend ourselves, defend our family, defend our neighbors, defend our property, we're already at a huge disadvantage. And that's why the Vanish holster is quickly becoming one of the most popular holsters in America. Thousands of the customers say that it's the most comfortable holster ever. Try it. You'll find out why they say it. A lot of them are also saying that if you get a Vanish holster, you will never stop carrying. Plus, Vanish holster also saves you money in comparison to using other holsters because it fits 99% of semi-automatic handguns. It works without a tactical belt and it has a built-in pocket that lets you carry two fully loaded magazines along with your firearm. Also, part of the reason why it's so comfortable, it lets you carry in multiple positions. So if you don't like one position, you can try another, and you can keep working around until you get into that position that you really want to carry it in. And the best part of all, that as a listener of Tap Into The Truth, you can get $50 off a purchase there. Just go to www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P to activate your discount. Again, that's go to www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P to go place your order for a Vanish holster and get that $50 discount. I mean, what, what are you waiting for? Go ahead, uh, take care of that right now uh, while you're listening to the show, and you can have your order placed and uh, on its way to you well before the next break. It's just that easy. All right. Uh, obviously, at this point, we've been paying close attention to some of the uh, culture war battles as Bud Light stepped into it and has created a, a, a landmine field, a minefield that other companies are also falling into and can't seem to get out of. And that is no 
no surprise that we see Target following into it. Now, I want to play something for you real quick before we talk about uh, the current uh, situation with Target, because this was one of the top songs on iTunes uh, this uh, past weekend. And uh, I think the folks at Target are probably not going to be very happy about it, but give it a listen. A fair use uh, being claimed here as this song is in the news. Uh, here, give it a listen. Yeah, yeah. Tentinal shoppers, tentinal yeah. shoppers. Yeah. Targeting your kids, they don't even need to ask Cause you all know what it is, yeah that's why I keep a strap And I'm always by my bears, this agenda gotta stop Yeah you know we gonna win when they Target, target, yeah they targeting Target, target, yeah they target kids Target, target, yeah they targeting Target, target, yeah they target kids You know the targets they're wrong, trying to play with these kids It's the mayor of Megaville, I'm preaching again You know that With scars, why they pushing the gender promoting sexual genders? I'm only rocking with Bruce, don't rock with no Caitlyn Jenner. You think that gay shit gon' get you paid? Yeah, we gon' see. It's my alarm, it's one, it's one, if we trumpet, baby. They put a target on my back, but they targeting your kids. They don't even need to ask, cause you all know what it is. Yeah, that's why I keep a strap, and I'm always by my bears. This agenda gotta stop. Yeah, you know we gonna win when they target, target, yeah, they target and target. If you ain't mad yet, well, then you better be pissed. Let's protest until they close and they ain't gonna be missed. Why they got pride shirts in the kids' clothing section? Why they trying to mess with the kids and give misconceptions? They manipulating minds and making evil impressions. Got little boys tucking out by the time they teens got depression. We need to clean up on every island side. They start saying resides. Wash it with the blood of Christ. It's needed here. chance to, to, to check it out. Maybe you didn't catch everything. Some pretty profound lyrics in there. Uh, well put together. And if you haven't seen the video, uh, they are literally going through a Target store. This is after the emergency memo telling all the regional managers and all the store managers to, to change the June uh, setups. They didn't want this stuff front and center anymore. They wanted it moved from the front of the store. But you still saw them, and they were going through, and they showed different 
uh, items that clearly are targeting kids, everything from children's books to clothing items to toys. And it is, <laughs> yeah, they're making the point. So I want to give a shout out to these guys for doing exactly that. But they don't need my help on this. They don't need a hat tip from me. Uh, they were at number six on iTunes last time I checked. Uh, at Target's trying to get them removed, uh, not having much luck at it right now. Uh, we'll see how that plays out over the next few days. But Target has real reason to be concerned because the retail giant has lost $10 billion in market capitalization in just 10 days. And they can spend it however they want to, but it is a lot to do with the backlash from their prominent LGBTQ plus pride displays that included the transgender-friendly clothing items for children, even though they're still denying that the clothing was for children, uh, children's sizes, and in children's sections. I'm sorry, Target. You can lie all you want to. You can try to do the Bud Light thing. You can try to do what Anheuser-Busch did. Uh, you know, InBev is sitting there trying to say, well, this was just uh, one thing. It wasn't a campaign. It wasn't... A that doesn't matter, guys. You got caught red-handed, you pissed off the wrong people, and finally, there's pushback. You can't keep targeting children. That is the red line, evidently, and it's clear that they're trying to target children. We even saw it, and we talked about it just a few weeks ago, with this report from the UN, where they tell, were trying to tell world leaders, hey, you need to stop criminalizing pedophilia because it should be up to the children to decide if they want to engage in this behavior. Wrong, UN. Wrong, pedophilia. And that's the dirty little secret about the plus in LGBTQ+. It's now, according to some folks, that plus includes pedophiles. Oh, I'm sorry. Minor attracted people. No, you're pedophiles. Anyway, back to Target. According to a report that was published this past Sunday <clears throat> by the New York Post, Target stock price was hovering at about $160.96 a share. However, viral videos showing tuck-friendly and binding bathing suits for trans-identifying kids, along with greeting cards celebrating queerness in a display clearly aimed at young children, led to calls for a boycott. Ten days later, the stock price has dropped to $138.93 per share. And guess what? It's still on its way down, guys. The only reason it hasn't dropped faster and harder is because the market tends to think that boycotts won't last, because they typically don't, especially when boycotts are led by conservatives. We tend to want to send a message, we tend to want to spank somebody a little bit, and then we tend to want to let them get back to business as usual, because we're hoping they learned a lesson. What we have not figured out yet is that if you let them off the hook early, they don't actually learn the lesson. They just think, well, we need to be a little more stealthy about it, until another time later down the road where we can be all in your face, and this won't happen. We need to continue to send the message. Now, again, I've shared with you on multiple occasions why I don't shop at Target. I haven't shopped at Target for a very long time because of their decision many years ago to stop religious accommodations for the Seventh-day Adventists because they had a lot of folks complaining about it, and then 
just a couple of short years later, they decided to offer religious accommodation for the Muslim employees, but they still didn't go back and offer religious accommodation to any other religious group that made a significant number of their employee base. So at that point, I'm like, no, you can't treat one group differently than the other. You either go all the way with one or you go all the way with the other. And personally, I thought it was pretty damn crappy as a matter of company policy. I've got the right to do it, but I don't think it's great policy if you don't grandfather in the folks you already had hired when you make a change in policy like that. Because what had happened for the Seventh-day Adventists, they consider Saturday to be the Sabbath, so... They were hired in with the understanding that they would not work on Saturdays, that they weren't available to work on Saturdays. Uh, employees complained about it. Oh, why do I have to work every Saturday? And then you got these folks over here that never work a Saturday. Well, they were hired knowing that they were never going to be available on a Saturday. And you got hired saying that you were available on Saturdays. So you took the job and that's why it happens. You're not happy about it. Go find another place to work, period. But Target made the decision they were going to end religious accommodations, and they made their current existing employees have to live by the same rules. Okay, we're going to start scheduling you on Saturdays now, uh, either work Saturdays or quit. That was the position they put those people in, and it's not right. In fact, in most states, it's not even legal. Minnesota, I believe it is legal, however, or at least it was at the time, that you can do that even with pre-existing hires. Most states... If you hired them under that accommodation, you had to honor it for as long as they continued to work for you. And the reason why that's the law in most states is because that's fair. It's legitimate. It, it was an understanding. You shouldn't be forced to choose between your job or your faith in most situations anyway. And again, I don't care that Target decided to let the Muslim cashiers not have to handle the pork or not have to handle the alcohol at the super targets when the folks were buying their groceries. That's their choice, too. But you can't ignore the other religious accommodations that other employees should be given at that point. It's just that simple. Don't treat one group special and the rest not. It's not legit. So I haven't done business with Target in a long time. And they only reiterated and made me feel even stronger about it when they came out so strongly for their transgender bathroom policy. It's like, uh, even after there were multiple reports of women being assaulted by men wearing dresses in Target bathrooms, they continue to just say, oh, well, no, that's just, uh, uh, that's just stories people are telling. Uh, it, it's disinformation, even though that term wasn't in wide use at the time, and that's not what they actually said, but that's essentially the claim they were making. People are making that stuff up, guys. Uh, anyway, a drop of $22 per share amounts to roughly a 14% decrease in value. That translates for the Minnesota-based company a loss of $10 billion. Dollars. So as soon as the word began to spread across social media platforms about the retailer's prominent pride displays, which also included the LGBTQ plus themed baby clothes, calls quickly began to grow louder for that boycott of the company, and folks have answered that call. Uh, 
According to earlier reports, Target immediately focused on damage control. Executives participated in an emergency call in an effort to avoid what one insider referred to as a Bud Light situation. And believe me, if you think that they're not learning their lesson from Bud Light, you're you're not paying attention. That's been effective. Don't let off the gas yet, though. The lesson has not yet been fully appreciated. Too many other companies, especially major corporations, who could say no to the EIG score. EIG? No, no. The ESG. <laughs> I'm thinking about the DIE. Uh, it's supposed to be DEI, but I'm saying DIE. Uh, because if you follow this scoring and you make this the, your priority, your diversity, inclusion, uh, bullcrap, if you push that above merit and if you push that above common sense, bottom line business practices, your business will die. So D-I-E seems to make more sense than D-E-I. But there's a reason why they do that. Diversity and uh, inclusion and all this stuff. It's good to – it's great, in fact to have fair hiring practices that does not discriminate against anyone. It is absurd to prioritize people of color above people of stronger merit. It's bad for business, and it's a bad model, period, because it means it tells some people that, hey, you know what? You're going to have a bigger advantage down the road just by being a person of color than by working hard. You're going to have a better advantage uh, in this circumstance because we're trying to make up for the sins of the past. We're trying to make up for all those terrible things that happened to your ancestors by letting you off the hook of having to actually be good at anything to reap rewards that other people have always had to work for to get. That's ultimately the thing here. Develop your skills. Become good at what you do. That's the key to success in life, not sitting around and whining about things that happened to your ancestors. Did Was slavery terrible? Yes, absolutely. But how is any level of reparation handed out today going to impact in any fashion the sins of the past? The truth is it doesn't. So forget about your environmental governance scores. Forget about your diversity equity and inclusion scores, and understand that merit should be your highest priority as a business practice. Merit should be the basis of all advancement and in all business model to try and reach the people. You want to to participate in stuff like Pride Month? Okay, but do it in a reasonable and a responsible fashion. And targeting the children, Target, that is not a reasonable and rational uh, way to go about it. And it is certainly not a responsible way to participate. Now, a particular insider of the Target situation told Fox News that at least in some areas across the country, quote, we were given 36 hours told to take all of our pride stuff, the entire section, and move it into a section that's a third the size. From the front of the store to the back of the store, you can't have anything on mannequins and no large signage. Now, we talked about uh, this big emergency meeting previously, but some of those details 
Uh, 36 hours to get it done, no large signs, uh, get it to the back of the store. Uh, these things were some of the details that weren't necessarily available then. Now, the Bud Light situation that the insider referenced uh, was the immediate backlash and plummeting sales that followed the short-lived partnership with Anheuser-Busch and Dylan Mulvaney. And again, this whole Dylan Mulvaney thing, I don't know why the transgender community isn't mad as hell at this, because Dylan Mulvaney is not trans. He is a performative comedian, and he is making bank off of them by virtue of pretending to have been a girl for a little over a year now. And he's acting like a little girl. Even trans people should be pissed at this guy. He's not bringing awareness. He's hurting their cause. But anyway, in the weeks that followed Mulvaney's promotion, Anheuser-Busch lost billions in market capitalization, and at least two marketing executives connected with the partnership that have been placed on leave, uh, leave that will most likely be permanent. But it would not surprise me at some point if the fine folks at InBev didn't wait for the heat to die down. Uh, they're going to be waiting a while at this point, but wait for the heat to die down and then bring them back in some capacity. Because whether they want to admit it or not, somebody higher up than those executives had to sign off on what they did. By late last week, Investors Business Daily was reporting that Anheuser-Busch had already lost upwards of $17.5 billion and that the company was resorting to offering retailers the chance to sell back expired merchandise that was still sitting on shelves. I've seen reports across the country of folks selling 24 packs of Bud Light for under $4. 24 pack under $4 in a desperate attempt to get something out of this ridiculous situation. Now, I don't blame them for looking to try and uh, recoup some losses. I don't blame them for trying to, to solve a problem when you go from having one of the fastest, hottest selling brands that existed to then not being able to move it at all. It's bad for business, guys, and that's ultimately what has to be remembered from the company side of point. But uh, beyond just the company's aspect, everybody needs to remember that we're the ones driving this. We, the American people, are driving that move. And we need to continue to drive that because they've got to learn their lesson. They haven't yet. There's a lot more to go. Let's see if we can't get them across the finish line so they understand exactly what it is they need to do moving forward. All right, before we uh, go to the mid-hour break, which we're going to take a little early, want to go ahead and talk to you about two of our sponsors, uh, you know, so that I still have adequate time to uh, work everything in. I'm going to start with 4Patriots.com because, first of all, they're our first sponsor. They were the first sponsor of this show, and I am so very happy and pleased to be involved with them. We are continuing to strengthen our partnership moving forward. They're extremely happy with the return on their investment that they've gotten. And for as much as I want to take credit for that, I can't 
because that's you guys, the listeners of this show. You're the ones who've responded to the deals and opportunities that four patriots have. The products are fantastic. You went to go see this website. You've seen what they had to offer. You've embraced their products, and you've used the code TAPP at checkout to get 10% off so they know it's being driven from here. So thank you so much. And remember, if you're a listener and you have not yet went and visited, what are you waiting for? It doesn't matter if you're looking for backup uh, electricity when the power grid goes down or or if you're looking for emergency survival food kits and uh, water filtration a ton of gardening stuff that you're not going to get just anywhere. 4patriots.com offers a tremendous amount of uh, products that helps you to be self-sufficient when the stuff hits the fan, if you know what I mean. So go visit 4patriots.com and see everything they've got to offer. And don't forget to use code TAPP. That's TAP as in tap into the truth. TAPP. At checkout, save yourself 10% on your order. One more time, that's the number 4, patriots.com. And use promo code TAP at checkout. That's the way you're going to come out on top with that bad boy. Now, I also want to remind you to go visit our friends over at Gold Co. We've got a secret, not-so-secret, Fed bailout that's still in progress, trying to keep more banks from failing. But banks are collapsing. And as long as Biden gets to set monetary policy, that as long as the Biden administration is in charge of the fiscal policy of this country, more banks will fail. They're going to collapse. It's not if, it's when. And I hate to sound so negative, and I certainly hate to sound like I'm trying to scare you into something. But it's the truth. And if I wasn't telling you the truth, and if I wasn't helping you to be prepared for this, then I wouldn't be a very good person. Okay? So if you've missed the signs, or if you're still kind of hesitating, uh, thinking that, okay, I know I need to do something, but I don't feel like I can right now, please at least call our friends over at Gold Co. and get the information so that you'll know what to do and when to do it. All right. Now, I wouldn't recommend hesitating at all, but again, I I don't know your situation, and I'm not going to tell you to just go do something either. What I'm going to ask you to do is make the phone call and learn the information because we've seen it. The Biden administration bailed out the deposit holders at the Silicon Valley Bank, and we know that those are some of the richest people in the country, and outside of the richest Americans, and there was also several people with their money deposited there that were protected that had direct ties to the Chinese Communist Party. I'm not saying that's necessarily a factor, but it's an awful strange coincidence, isn't it? Anyway, despite that bailout, the government doesn't have money for those bailouts. The government takes its money from the taxpayers. That means that while those folks were depositing their money in a bank that wasn't doing the smartest things, we're the ones who end up having to pay for it. But you don't have to play that game. You can opt out of the system. You can move your cash into gold and silver. Please do it before it's too late. And when I say do it before it's too late, I'm saying give Gold Co. a call. Gold Co. is going to give you 
the information you need. So all you have to do is call 855-387-2932 to learn the three simple steps that you can take right now to protect your savings with gold and silver and other precious metals. Take action as soon as possible to protect yourself and your family from financial collapse because we know what will happen if Joe Biden gets his way. Again, call 855-387-2932. Call them right now and you can learn how you can get up to $10,000 in bonus silver while supplies last. One last time, please give them a call. Our friends at Gold Coal are waiting to tell you how you can Protect your wealth in these troubling times. That number, one last time, three, I'm sorry, three, three, no. That number is 855-387-2932. I was trying to jump ahead and leave the 855 out. Sorry about that. Anyway, that's that's the number. Give them a call. Please, please, just, just give them a call. All right, let's take that mid-hour break, and uh, when we come back, we'll head down the home stretch. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. battle author and speaker and media commentator and you're listening to Tim Tap on Tapping the Truth. the greatest NFL football player to ever grace the gridiron, the Cleveland Browns' Jim Brown, who was a man who thought for himself and stuck to his beliefs and evolved into a much better man unlike many of his contemporaries or today's sellouts like Colin Kaepernick or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Everest Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee, Jim Brown was never a sellout or a compromiser when it came to important societal issues. He wasn't a civil rights activist, but... He fought against authentic racism, but never grew to hate the United States or desecrate the flag. Jim Brown refused to become a poster boy for Democrat Party shenanigans, which he pointed out were and continue to be dreadfully harmful to both the black community and our nation overall. Mr. Jim Brown epitomized the kind of strong masculinity America now rejects and labels as toxic. He died at 87 years of age, leaving behind a legacy of greatness on and off the football field. He wasn't phased by the cruel treatment he received for meeting with Donald Trump because he realized that Trump meant business concerning his desire to improve and strengthen America for all of we the people. Rest easy, Mr. Jim Brown, for though you were gone, you will never be forgotten. I'm Ron Edwards. Until we meet again on the next page from the Edwards Notebook, bye now. Second Skull is a protective headgear company with a patented line of impact-reducing products. At Second Skull, we focus on head protection as our only priority so that we can be the absolute best at it. With an estimated 2.8 million Americans sustaining a traumatic brain injury each year and a half a million children being treated in the ER each year for a head injury, there have been recent declines in athletic participation levels. 
We believe that concerns and fears of head injuries are factors contributing to these declines in activity levels. Second Skull has protection for every sport and for every athlete. Our product line of thin, lightweight, breathable, and practical solutions are each tested at independent and accredited laboratories. These products are patented and proven. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hello, my name is Tyler Boone, singer-songwriter and founder of the award-winning Homegrown Boone's Bourbon label out of Charleston, South Carolina. We're here today at the Whiskey House in the Gaslamp District of San Diego, where they hold the Guinness World Record for the most whiskeys in a bar, with over 3,700 whiskeys for you to choose from. In just four years, Boone's Bourbon has been awarded some incredible awards, such as the Platinum Los Angeles, Double Gold New York, Gold Las Vegas, Silver Denver, and also named Top Six in the World in Forbes. We're also being featured in Rolling Stone magazine, Billboard magazine, American Songwriter, and we're also now available in 24 states all across the country. So Boone's Bourbon is a high-proof, cash-strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley, and at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family-owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina with my father, Mick Boone. Cheers, we hope to see you soon. the right i have the right we all have the second amendment right and that's the truth with tim tapp Thank you, Amy. I appreciate that liner. Uh, Amy Hall there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are in the home stretch. George trying to get to the end of today's show. So thank you, as always, uh, for joining us. Uh, if you missed last Friday's live show, I hope you'll go back and listen. Had some great guests on. And we did something rather unusual. In fact, this is the first time since we were on Blog Talk and able to do just for a few brief moments, we had overtime. So we said our goodbyes to the uh, folks listening to the live show that had the the hard programming situation where they had to go on to their next show. And then we continued on for what ended up being nearly 45 minutes of overtime as we were just having a, a kind of a, a 
table discussion uh, with Matt Fitzgibbons and Amy Holm and myself, and we're just discussing some of the topics of the day. And, you know, it, it was just a case where there seemed like every time we would say something, it seemed like there was something else that needed to be said. And we kept going. And that was actually aired both on uh, the the last frequency, as therefore it was also part of the Vera Network. And it went out live with the uh, ZMA Radio Network as well, as uh, they don't have a hard press schedule for their Friday evenings at the moment. So we were able to do that. In fact, uh, producer uh, Doug, a.k.a. the Crazy Cajun, was like, at this point, just do another 15 minutes. Just make it a full three-hour show. But at that point, I felt like I had kept these guys on with me long enough. Uh, it was a while because they were uh, definitely part of the second hour, the regular second hour as is. And we're just talking. You know, that, That's the fun part about the live Friday show is the fact that uh, we have a more informal, conversational second hour uh, where we have those uh, normal uh, guests talking serious, uh, giving their points and what they're trying to promote, and and we do that, and we did that for the first hour. But uh, the second hour is always a little more laid back, a little more informal, and we ended up having the overtime, and that is available in the podcast. So if you missed it, go back. Uh, Definitely want to make sure that you hear that. Now, we were talking about uh, Amy just now, the Second Amendment. And the Second Amendment is important. So here I want to remind you about our third sponsor that uh, we're going to be discussing this hour. Fine folks over at Vanish Holsters. Now, again, I I always go down this part of the spiel because I put my own spin in their standard script. And I really took it I don't think too far different than where they had it, but I haven't heard any other folks that promote the company uh, take this turn. So I'm going to keep doing it. That is, as a listener of Tapping to the Truth, you know that the surest path towards being a victim of tyranny is to give up your guns. Uh, The quickest way to become a victim of crime is to not have one when you need it. And that's why I want to talk to you about one of the biggest mistakes that gun owners like myself like a lot of you out there, I'm sure, have made, is that we'll pick a holster, and unfortunately, that holster is so uncomfortable, we just stop using it. And that means when it comes time to protect ourselves, to protect our family, to protect our neighbors, to protect our property, that we're already at a disadvantage. And that's a big reason why Vanish Holsters is quickly becoming one of the most popular holsters in America. They have thousands of customers that will tell you in a heartbeat that it is easily, hands down, the most comfortable holster ever, and that if you get one, you'll never stop carrying. The great thing about Vanish Holsters also is that it saves you money, and that's because it's designed to fit 99% of all semi-auto handguns. And it works without a tactical belt, so there's not the hidden cost of having to have a tactical belt. It lets you carry two fully loaded magazines right beside the firearm in the holster. And going back to that comfort, it lets you carry in multiple positions. So you can put it in the position 
that works best for you. And the absolute best part of me talking to you about Vanish Holsters right now is that as a listener of Tap Into The Truth, you can get $50 off your purchase over there. Go to www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P to activate that $50 bonus uh, discount when you place your order. So go check out the holsters, check out the uh, extenders that's available uh, for the carry. They have this great product. It's made out of the same stuff that yoga pants are made out of. All right, so it's durable, but it's also uh, (laughs) sweat wicking, and it doesn't become smelly. All those things that you sometimes have to worry about with other items. And right now, I, I did have somebody ask, uh, where the holsters are manufactured. So I want to put out there that technically they are not currently manufactured in the United States, but they did that as a cost savings method. They are already in the process of bringing their manufacturing to the United States, though. Uh, so by the end of 2024, they will be manufactured in the United States. So just want to make sure you guys are aware. Uh, they, they've already been the only thing. Uh, making them, uh, holding up that transition is contractual obligations that they have in place. They're not going to break the contracts to get back in the States, but they already have the uh, the factories laid out, everything squared away, and it will be done by the end of 2024. So for those of you that that's a concern, it has already been addressed and they're working on it, okay? So just want to make sure you're aware of that. Just because I did have the question and I realized, you know what, I'm not 100% sure. So I I did my due diligence to go find out. But here's the thing. They are a fantastic product and they are supporting the Second Amendment. So please, please uh, check out what they've got going on and just go to the website, see what's happening. And when you go, make sure you've done so so that you've activated that $50 discount. One more time, that's www.v nsh.com backslash t-a-p-p for that discount uh go check it out right now and uh if you do it right now you know a little multitasking you'll be able to go and place your order get your discount and have that uh, vanish holster on its way to you before the end of the show all right now we are big fans of constitutional ground copies we are but i also want to remind you folks that There's another great conservative coffee out there that you really should check out, and that is Blackout Coffee. Blackout Coffee was founded on the principles of conservative values. The founders believe in the importance of hard work, personal responsibility, family, respect, and traditional American values. There'll be a link in the show description that will take you to Blackout Coffee so you can check out what they've got available. And, uh, you know, they've got the... The K-Cup pods available. They've got the standard ground, all kinds of, no matter how you like to do your coffee, they've got something for you. Uh, Blackout Coffee, uh, I, I mentioned them because I now have a small equity stake in the company. Uh, they are not a sponsor. I'm uh, promoting them because I do have some financial gain that will come from promoting them. <laughs> okay, that being said, let's continue focusing on the culture war for a minute. The other big culture war story, of course, at the moment, uh, 
has been the Los Angeles Dodgers. So they stepped into a firestorm of pushback from the LGBTQ plus community when they decided that they have a lot of fans that are Catholic. So maybe it wouldn't be a good idea to have the anti-Catholic hate group that just happens to perform in drag, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, uh, be part of their planned Pride Night event. Well, they didn't like the firestorm that came from all the LGBTQ plus organizations in the Los Angeles area. Many of them claimed that they simply would not participate in their Pride Night events, which, you know, a smart business would have been, well, the Catholics, the practicing Catholics that make up our fan base are more important for our business model than these organizations that have no interest in our organization, except for when we do the Pride Night event. It's the only time they're ever really involved. So a smart business would have said, we're sorry you feel that way. We still plan on conducting our Pride Night event, and if you're not going to participate, we'll come up with something that hopefully adequately represents our intentions towards wanting to be inclusive to all people who are fans of baseball. That would have been the smart thing. You know, just make your statement, and again express that it's not the fact that they're performing in drag that's at issue. It is the fact that they are so blatantly anti-Catholic, which is, regardless of how you feel about the Catholic Church, which was a discussion that uh, we had Friday night uh, in the, that uh, that second hour, regardless of how you feel about the Catholic Church, the individuals who are of the Catholic faith that make up the fan base that the Dodgers were initially trying not to anger, to offend, well, they are not the Catholic Church. They are simply people that are of the Catholic faith. And that makes up a much bigger part of what's going on. So anti-Catholicism, while they will often pretend to have it directed at the church, it's actually directed at anybody that follows the faith. So the Dodgers were right to not want to include this group. One could state, based on the same uh, ideology, that the Dodgers would be right to just cancel Pride Night. Now, nobody suggested that. Uh, well, nobody with the Dodgers had suggested that. And at any rate, They've still run afoul, and now they're facing backlash from the Catholic Church, uh, from many Catholic uh, practitioners, the, you know, just the parishioners of these various churches, and from other Christian organizations across the country. They are even facing backlash from me, uh, because I'm not real keen on them reversing these ideas and going from disinviting this group to reinviting this group and then offering them a award for all their life-saving work. But what? They deserve to be the victim of a boycott as well. They deserve to get the spanking that they have coming from this. But now the Dodgers have done something even sillier. 
So whoever it is that's running the Dodgers promotional events department over there, <sighs> they have majorly disrespected all Christians. I mean, they, they literally must think we're all just a bunch of smucks. This past Friday, after a week of condemnation for reinviting the deviant anti-Roman Catholic drag group Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, the Dodgers announced that uh, the team would be hosting, quote, Christian Faith and Family Day in July. Did you catch that? Christian Faith and Family Day. We're going to do all the anti-Catholic stuff, which is, in essence, an attack on all Christian faith, whether you want to recognize that or not. It is. They're going to host the attacking of the Christian faith in June, so we can turn around and host a Christian faith and family day in July. Now, Bishop Robert Barron from the Diocese of uh, Winona, Rochester, he wasn't real happy with it, uh, nor should he be. He simply said on Twitter, Not enough, Dodgers. If you really want to reach out to Christians, don't celebrate anti-Christian hate groups. President of the Live Action, I, I don't know why I said the Live Action, President of Live Action, uh, Lilla Rose, uh, flatly rejected the appeasement offering, saying, quote, This doesn't make up for publicly sexually degrading nuns and sponsoring an anti-Christian hate group. To make real amends, apologize, cut ties with the LGBT, LGBT hate group that you awarded and donate some of your significant revenue to real sisters who are serving the poor. Uh, now that sounds like a, a capital idea. Dodgers pitchers Clayton Kershaw, who is a Christian, tweeted that he was excited about the event. Well, of course he did. Because he also knows where his paycheck's coming from. The Federalist, Molly Hemingway, one of my favorite people, by the way. I, I love Molly's writings. I really do. I, not to say that I always agree with her. I, I, I've yet to run across anybody that I always agree with. But I'd say uh, in the high 90s. Molly very bluntly said in her reply, quote, are you going to reuse the cross in the blasphemous pole dance performed by the anti-Catholic hate group the Dodgers are honoring in June? <laughs> I see, that's part of why I like Molly. She can be pithy when she wants to. A little bit of snark is good. The left uses snark so much, it's good to send a little back their way. And Molly is such a pro. When she's speaking publicly, you very rarely get snark. I think that's part of why I like that more, probably more than I should. Are you going to reuse the cross from the blasphemous pole dance performed by the anti-Catholic hate group? Uh, that's a good question, too, actually. It's a legit question. It's not just snarky. It's a good question, because... You know, how many crosses do these guys have available? Anyway, the Christian Faith and Family Day announcement came after the aforementioned Baron called for a boycott of the team. 
on this past Thursday, uh, the good father tweeted, quote, Friends, it's hard to imagine anything more offensive than some of the behavior of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, which I think can only be described as anti-Catholic hatred. Well, you know, that description is very accurate. Because it is the truth. As has now been extensively covered, the Sister of Perpetual Indulgence group are made up of adult men who dress as perverted nuns. In turn, they openly sexualize Jesus and degrade Mary, Mother of God while disparaging other key components of the Roman Catholic faith and encourage sexual liberation. Anti-Catholicism is the last acceptable prejudice in America, and we shouldn't tolerate it. Uh, that a quote from Barron. Now, I don't think it is the last acceptable prejudice. Now, it, it is good to see that any part of the uh, diocese is stepping up. It's good to see that Father Barron didn't cave after the Dodgers' embarrassing attempt to stave off more damage to the team's brand by virtue of offering this little new celebration, Christian Faith and Family Day. Here's the terrible, terrible truth, guys. The folks at the Dodgers, the folks at uh, MLB Total, the folks over at the NBA and the NFL and, and Major League Soccer and, and all of the professional sports leagues, and not just in the United States, but around the world, they all need to figure out this very simple, basic, fundamental fact. If you want to promote inclusivity, you need to do it in a manner that is, in fact, inclusive. You cannot include, you cannot involve groups of people that actually hate one another and expect something good to come out of it. Because it won't. They deserve to get spanked on this one. They're going to get spanked on this one. And this effort, it's not well-meaning. It's not an effort to make amends. It's an effort to try and offer up some kind of appeasement because they are so separated from the truth of what they've done. They've overreacted to some squeaky wheels, and at the end of the day, they've hurt themselves more than they can recover from very quickly. The thing is here, as the Dodgers, as one of the historically storied Major League Baseball teams, they're going to recover a lot quicker than... Bud Light will be able to. They're going to recover quicker than Target's going to be able to. They'll probably be able to recover far more quickly than whoever the next woke numbskull get woke go broke company is going to be. But it doesn't mean that they should. It's ridiculous. All right, be sure to listen in to the Ron Edwards American Experience on Memorial Day, where I will be guest hosting there as well. And in the meanwhile, don't take my word for it, definitely 
don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. And instead of our usual song playing out, I want to play the Target Your Kids song one more time. Again, uh, fair use being claimed as it is a song in the news and a news story that I covered in this broadcast. So uh, it seems appropriate to go out with it. And uh, go go buy a copy on iTunes uh, if you're into rap music at all. This one's worth having in your collection. And even if you're not into rap music, if you're conservative or if you're just anti-target at the moment, it's uh, worth sending the message that you're willing to spend your money on it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm out. Yeah. Evil is powerless if the good are unafraid.